Spartan is an obstacle course racing company with races for every athletic ability and skill level. With over 60 races around the country, it's easy to find one to commit to, as long as you leave your excuses behind. Sign up for your Spartan race today and find an exclusive offer at spartan.com slash JJ. That's spartan.com slash JJ for your exclusive offer today. Welcome to this week's episode of the JJ Reddick Podcast, and welcome back after about a six-week hiatus. Uh, I apologize. Uh, a couple things. I, I Number one, just was trying to get into the rhythm of the season. Uh, obviously, it's a little bit harder to schedule and book guests uh, during the NBA season, and uh, given my commute back and forth between Brooklyn and Philly, it makes it a little more complicated as well. Uh, secondly, uh, my contract with the ringer was actually, uh, expiring on November, November 15th. Uh, so I, I'm happy to say I, I re up for another year and, um, we'll have another, I guess, season of podcast, uh, coming your way. Um, as always, thanks for listening to the pod. Tell your friends about it. Um, don't hit me up on social media cause I don't have it, but, uh, any feedback, questions, comments, uh, send over to the ringer. Uh, very excited about this week's guest, uh, he is my new teammate with the Philadelphia 76ers, Jimmy Butler. Um, he's been one of the fiercest competitors that I've played against uh, in my NBA career. Um, you know, I wasn't quite sure, uh, you know, how he was going to be as a teammate. Um, and uh, as always, I, I like to give guys sort of a blank slate, benefit of the doubt. Jimmy has been nothing but unbelievable as a 76er, both on and off the court. Um, I'm so happy he's part of our team and part of our program. And uh, I hope that you find our conversation uh, as fun and as fascinating as I did. Without further ado, let's get to my conversation with uh, Philadelphia 76ers all-star, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, just, I apologize in advance if I'm shivering for the first few minutes. Our no hot worries, tub is man. on the fritz, us, and us I just got devils. out of the cold tub. Us blue devils got to stick together, man. <laughs> I don't. Are you claiming to be a blue devil? Yeah, me, Tyus, Trey, you, <laughs> Booth, Luau, all of us, man. Just because you played for Coach K in the Olympics hey, doesn't make you a blue devil. It counts. <laughs> Uh, the people want to know, I'm going to start, I'm going to start you off with easy questions first, but the people want to know, I think it's generating a lot, a lot of buzz on the 76ers Instagram account, your, your minivan, your Toyota minivan, you get someone to drive you to the game, you get dropped off, uh, for the games in a Toyota minivan. And, um, I guess my question is, you know, what, what makes the Toyota so appealing? A lot of NBA players go for the custom Mercedes Sprinter vans. You went... Toyota. I spend a lot of money on other things, as we might talk about later on in this podcast, hopefully. <laughs> so, you know, the, the minivan is real nonchalant. You, you can't really tell that I'm in it. You know, it has the baby on board sticker in the back. It's, it's spaces. I watch a lot of film in there on the way to the games. 
uh, when I decide to sit in the back. Um, I just, I like it cause it's different, man. It's different. I, I got a couple of nice cars, you know, I do, but that minivan just, it just gets it done all the way around. <laughs> do you have cars that you drive that you physically drive? I drive that one, especially when I'm, I'm home. You do LA. drive. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. When I'm in LA or anytime, anything in the summertime, uh, I drive myself around, but during the, during the year for the most part, I have one of my really good friends drive me around and you know, I'll go from a Escalade to the minivan to a G wagon majority of the days. Any plans to to customize it? The minivan? No, <laughs> simple, simple, subtle things. You know, simple and subtle. Make it to where you can be right next to somebody and they and they don't even know it. Get a hybrid, maybe. Do they make those? Have uh, to, right? They have to. Yeah. yeah, they have to make Toyota for sure. Yeah, I feel like this fits in sort of a larger theme of your personality. And, and uh, it's it's hard to put you in a box. It, it's hard to put you in a I box. I would agree. I would definitely agree with that. Is that intentional? No, it's Some not. of it, is, it has to it, be it intentional. It's not. It's, not it's, it's who I am. It's who I And it's, it's, it's weird because I'm weird. And I like the weirdest different things that you wouldn't guess that I would like from my music taste to how I dress on any certain day, depending on how I'm feeling, to what I do. Um, it's not really to stand out. I'm not doing it purposely. It's just, I'm happy with who I am. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. And so I just do whatever makes me smile and whatever makes me happy, as long as I'm not bothering anybody. I'm not hurting anybody. I don't think I'm hurting anybody by driving a minivan. I don't think I'm hurting anybody by listening to my country music, whether you like it or not. I'm not hurting you. You just may not like it, but I'm not hurting you. Well, there's also a distinction to be made here because your swerves are all sort of off the court swerves. I've watched you now for almost a month and you are as diligent about your game and about your body as anyone that I've been around in my career. So that's not something that you just kind of whimsically decide to do on a day-to-day basis. You're absolutely diligent when it comes to your craft. Yeah. Oh, uh, I love my craft. I, I was, I was lucky enough at a young age in this league to have vets like uh, Luau and, and, and Rip and Joe and Derek, all those guys to tell me how important it is at a young age to take care of my body. And then I just, I fell in love with the work part of it to see where it's gotten me to this day, man. It's, it's incredible because it wasn't supposed to happen for me. It wasn't in my cards, but I threw those cards away and I just kept shuffling until I got a hand that I like, like that's how I put it. And I just enjoy it. I, I really, really do. I love coming in early and, and staying late. And then my body's hurting. So I get the ice, I get the massage, I get treatment, I get all of that stuff. Like it's my job, but I really, really, really love to do it, man. I do. You have people, like you have people, like you have a guy and another guy mm-hmm. that take care of you mm-hmm. that make sure you're ready to play. I mean, I, I feel like- That's dedication to the craft. It is. <laughs> but more than like they, they work with me and for me, like, those are my guys. Like we do a lot of stuff together. So it's just like, I want to get to the point when I know something's bothering you. Like I can come in and I'd be like, JJ's not right today. Like, what is it? JJ, are you okay? You know, the, the people aspect of it, all my guys that tell you, like, I care about you as a person. And if something is wrong, if I can fix it, I'm going to try to fix it. If you need help in any way, shape or form, I'm going to try to help you. That's where, um, the difference is it's basketball is basketball. I know if my ankle's sore and I know that he can fix it, but if you're happy and you're smiling, you're going to do your job 
right. at the absolute best. That's what I try to do with my guys and my team. Uh, we're going to get later on into sort of your story, your journey. I find mm-hmm. it to be uh, one of the more fascinating stories in the NBA. But let's let's review your first couple weeks with the Sixers. Um, you you've hit two game winners in your first home game, the the Utah game. The the crowd was chanting Jimmy Butler. Oh gosh! And and then our most recent game uh, in in Detroit on Friday night on ESPN, where you just took over on both sides of the ball uh, in the second half. What what what's your what's your favorite memory so far in a Sixers uniform? <sighs> My favorite memory so far. I, I, man, to tell you the truth, it wouldn't be a a moment on the floor. I like the part of the games where you get to ring the bell afterwards, man. That's special because it's different. Yeah. It's different. And you're acknowledging the work that that particular player did to make sure that we won that game, whether it be a game-winning shot or whether it be Will um, playing outstanding defense or you making any and every tough shot that you take and make. Um, or it's Ben getting everybody involved, or Joe with a big block, whatever it may be. I love that. It's like without you playing the way that you played tonight, we we couldn't win that game. Like that ringing a bell thing. I'm I'm here for that. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, even like Friday night. So you had a yeah. big scoring game, big game stat wise. Wilson Chandler yeah, rung the bell. Yeah. He don't want to got a bang down there with them big dudes. Not right. not me. I stay on the perimeter with the guards. I, I also think, though, there's no sort of substitute for that feeling of hitting a game winner. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm with that. I'm with it. it. But it's incredible. It, no, it, and both it, it times it was like under you know under a second when you when, when it went in. It definitely I, is, man. I said this to you after the Brooklyn game winner, which was the second one, because I was surprised. Were, were you surprised that you were able to use the same exact move? I'm, I'm twice never surprised in a week. Never, never, like. The game is all about picking your spots, man. JJ, when I tell you that before that game, I worked on that before every this is game. Before the Charlotte game. Before both. Yeah. Before both. Before Charlotte and before um the Brooklyn game. Um, nights before, day of, like I do that. I go to the gym and I practice. Like, hey, you never know. And just in case a team does try to force me left, I got something for you. I've been working. I'm you can't. It, <laughs> I don't think there's a, a way to guard me if I can get to the spot that I want to get to on the floor. That's what the game is for me. If I get here and I rise up and shoot this shot, fade in away, I know how to shoot it. I've done it a million times. I'm going to make it. That's with everybody in the league, even you. You know whenever you're coming off and you get your feet set, right. I don't care if somebody's running at you. Right. This is a bucket because right. you do this. That's how I feel. No, there's if I, I get it. It's it's a different type of shot that you and I w- will take. Yeah. But there's certain shots that I feel like it doesn't matter if you play it a certain way. I'm going to get a comfortable look, and it's going to go in. And for that, sure. That's how I feel, especially if I'm dribbling the ball first. You almost lost the dribble in Brooklyn, by the way. I you did. Kind of bobbled it. I did, <laughs> but when I came back down and I got it to the right foot, right hand. I had, I had a fantastic viewpoint for both those shots. It was literally <laughs> the same play. So I'm standing in the right corner on both plays. They in won't the, help off of you. In the Brooklyn one, well, I knew they weren't going to help off of me in both one. In the Brooklyn one, if you see the baseline shot of like headed towards our basket, um, I'm over in the corner and my, my hands aren't even ready. They're actually behind my back. Because <laughs> I'm like, he oh, it's, this is going up. Yeah, this no, is going man. up. It is, it's crazy because before the Brooklyn one, you know, we won a jump ball and they swung it to me. And I was finna fire. I don't know if you saw me. I was oh, finna yeah, fire yeah. at that time. Before the timeout. 
Yeah. But I heard Coach say timeout, and I wanted to act like I didn't hear him so bad. <laughs> and then he was, timeout! And I turned, and he called timeout, and I shot it and made it. And so I was like, oh, yeah, it's time. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make this shot. What In general, what are sort of your, your early impressions? Obviously, uh, being uh, traded in the middle of a season or at the beginning of a season is, is never easy. Um, but what are, what are your early impressions of, of the team, Philadelphia, the fans? I haven't, I haven't been around the city of Philly much. I will tell you that. So I, I can't speak on that. But I, the fans, incredible. And I always thought that even as a away team. The gym's really, really cold. I will tell you that. But the fans in there, they have it rocking. Now, when you talk about um, the coaches, uh, the management, the things that we do in this building that aren't exactly basketball is great. Like the PowerPoint deal. Like, I, I like that. I like that because you get to oh, learn about your teammates. Team breakfast. breakfast. Yeah, team there breakfast. you go. Team yeah, breakfast. Yeah. There you go. You get to learn about what your teammates are interested in. And you get to see them get up there and, and speak about uh, whatever they did their research, that I, that's so cool to me. And then you go down there and you're like, all right, it's time to get to work for a little bit. But don't forget. And then, you know, coach is so good at bringing it up again and just checking in on you, making sure like the human, the person part of you is great. Like, man, it, it's fun to be here. It's fun to come in here, get your work done, um, joke around when need be. But then, man, be serious and lock in. Of course, winning trumps everything. There's no substitute. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we got great guys really talented guys um, that do a lot of things well. And it's this offense is so fit for everybody to be successful. And then a defensive end, we just got some some monsters. You know what I mean? Like long arms, athletic. It's, it's, it's fun to, to get up and down like that, man. It really is. It's fun. I'm going to ask you a question. I'd like you to be honest with yeah. me. So we're going to get into it in a second about sort of the timing of this trade request. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because from the outside – looking in, it seemed like the trade request was made the day before training Every, camp, which is not true. Not what it seems. <laughs> yeah. But when you were, you know, talking with, with the, with the Timberwolves, especially early on, like was Philly even a team that was on your radar? Uh, it was. And the only reason that it was, was because when they were talking, Minnesota and, and Philly, they liked the deal that they were, you know, starting to, to get and to put together. So that's when I became uh, kind of aware that, you know, you could end up in Philly. Did I think this was going to be where I ended up? I didn't think so. And the only reason I didn't think so was because it's like Philly is already a really, really, really good team. Like if you put me on there, I would like to think I'm a good enough player to add a little something and maybe get us to the hump of Eastern Conference Finals, maybe even Finals, you know? like yeah. So I was thinking there's there's no way, truthfully. but um. Where there's a will, you saw, you know, Will, Wilson Chandler, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. And uh, I'm here and I'm, I'm loving it. But back to what you said, everything's not what it seems. Everybody was like, why did he wait? What I asked myself that question yeah, no, a dozen times no. when, I, when this story broke. It was, it was like the night before training camp opened, right? The, a, couple, the wo- a, couple, a couple days. But yeah, yeah, Woj broke the story on ESPN. That's not, that's not how it but goes. But that's, that's not what happens. Because that's from the outside looking in. But if, if you're the outside looking in, you don't know. That's what's the funny part about any and everything that comes out. It's always a source says or something or something. or something. It's never Jimmy Butler said or Tib said or none, none of that. It's never that. It's always a source. So 
You know, the source said, oh, he waited a day. No, man. So you, you, would, you would talk to the Timberwolves? Yes. All summer? Yes. And they knew that you would, like, you would have liked to have been traded? Yes. Now, you have to look at it this way. I think everybody knows who I absolutely love and respect out of everybody in that organization. That person would be? Tibbs. Tibbs. No doubt. So do you think that I just waited and just was like, you know what, Tibbs, here's the hammer. <laughs> Boom. Let me go. Right. No. But do you think Tibbs wanted to hear that? No. Exactly my point. So that was the, the disconnect. It was like, man, it, that was one of the hardest things I had to do. I'm not going to lie to you. To tell my guy, to tell Tibbs, like, hey, this ain't it. And you know? I also think his role complicated the whole matter. It did. It did. Um, and so there's, there's that tension. And then there's sort of the history and the bond that you guys had. There's, there's that tension. And, and there's this back and forth of, of the right way to proceed. There had to have been, though, like, regardless of where it was that you ended up, there had to just have been, a, like, an overwhelming sense of relief once you were traded. Man, what? <laughs> I was always going to compete no matter what whenever I'm out there on the floor. But to know that I got what I wanted, they got what they wanted, I mean, the players that they yeah. got back, um, is a relief in itself. And it makes me smile. It makes me happy because I'm enjoying coming in and work again. I was still doing the same thing, working on my game, no matter what. But eventually, I knew that something was going to happen. So, I mean, for, for the most part, it being a business, you, you got to be cognizant and think about the possibilities of you going out there and you playing nicked up. And knock on wood, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want anybody to get hurt. But knowing that you're eventually going to get traded anyways, you get hurt, now I think about what happens. You know what I mean? Now you're thinking about your future. So that's in my mind too. But now that I'm here, I don't even think about that anymore. And I don't, I don't like thinking about the fact of, of getting hurt or getting injured for anybody. So now I'm just out there just hooping, just going, just doing what I love to do, smiling, um, wearing headbands, like name it. I'm just having fun. Yeah. And the, that's how you can tell I'm the swerve. back to being me. Yeah, <laughs> the there swerve. you go. So I, I get the whole hesitation about your body and your health in terms of sort of that like playing in limbo of I know I'm going to be traded, but I'm here and I've got to do my job. I would try to my best ability not to put myself in that situation because I only know one way to play. And that's to go hard and to try to prove that you're the best player on the floor every time you you enter the gym, you step in between those lines. Um, so if my body's not where it's supposed to be or my mind's not in it the way it was supposed to be, it was kind of like, man, you're... So are these, these are these the days then when you were basically telling Tibbs, hey, man, like, I'm sitting this game out? Or was that a, a, more of a, a give and take between the, the two of you? Give and take? JJ, no, I, he didn't wanted play, you to... I didn't play preseason. <laughs> you know what I was doing? What I was doing, I was going to the Lifetime in Plymouth, and I was, I was hooping. <laughs> I was hooping with uh, your brothers, and I was hooping with my brothers. I was just hooping with people. Just because I missed the game. With my brothers? Like, yeah, you mean like, like Tyus Jones? Oh, yeah. normal, normal, normal people. Normal people. Okay. Like, you're old, you're, you got an older brother? A uh, younger brother. Younger brother. So if your younger brother, I'll be hooping <laughs> with him. My brothers. Like, just people that lived in the area. I yeah. would just go hoop with them because I missed the, I missed the game. And there, you know, and it was at like, don't, it was like 5 a.m. 
But it was crazy because there was so many people in the gym, and we going in and we getting up and down. Guys is lacing up their shoes, and they'd look up and they'd be like, "Oh hell no! Like why is he in the gym right now?" But I'm telling you, I was giving out buckets left and right. So because of that, that was what really went into uh, me sitting out a couple games. I didn't play preseason, and right. I was out of, sh- I wasn't out of shape. I wasn't in game NBA shape. Basketball. Game shape. I was Big in game difference. shape. Yeah. Lifetime Plymouth, <laughs> but not NBA superstars going up and down. Uh, game shape. Well, a lot of like the way you play too. A lot is asked of you in terms of uh, playing both sides of the ball. I mean, we played Charlotte. You had to guard Kemba. Second Kemba half, gave me sixty. Let's <laughs> go to a different game. The other night, second half, you had to guard Blake. Lock that up. <laughs> Blake can't score on me. I don't care what you say. You but, heard that, Blake. I'm worried about you. By the time this podcast comes out, we'll probably have played them for the fourth oh, time. Release so you're it before good. the game, man. <laughs> So you can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I gotta ask you one more question about uh perception versus reality. And that's just um and again, and I am I am sort of taking ownership of this, my own sort of judgment call on this, but there was this infamous practice, um, and who I was not there, you were there, but who knows what happened at this practice where you come in, you play with the third string. You you give the first string buckets, talk a bunch of shit, and then like immediately after you do a sit down interview with Rachel Nichols, and I, I'm thinking to myself like that that's all premeditated, that's all planned. Like he go, he goes out there, he causes a scene at it's practice. Not. I'm just being honest. I, we I talked about this. Yeah. But I, he goes out there, he causes a scene at practice, and then he's got some PR move. You know, five minutes later. Look, I did go to the Marquette University, so I know you think I'm really that smart. <laughs> but that's not what happened. What happened was this interview was planned like three weeks ahead of time to talk about what was going on. So I would keep going into the office, talking with management, talking with Tibbs. And I would say, they would be like, hey, you need to come in and practice. I was like, Tibbs, what I need to come in and practice for? Like, y'all finna trade me. Like, what's the point of practicing? I'm going in there, getting up and down, and then I'm going to be gone in a day. Because they, it, it was always, oh, we almost got a deal. We almost got a deal. We almost got a deal. Let me ask you a question real quick yeah. about this practice. Did they want you to practice with the first team? That was where I, I was getting at. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. I was getting with that. Because that doesn't, okay, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. I was, I'm getting to it. And so when we're sitting in there, I'm not going to drop any names of who said what, but there was people in there and it's me. And, you know, we're going back and forth. It's not, it's not really heated. It's not like a heated. We're, we're literally just talking. And then somebody says, you're going to practice. Now, first of all, I have a for real problem with authority. When somebody's telling me what to do as a grown man, I have a problem with it. So now you didn't lit the match, but ain't nothing on fire yet. You just lit the match. And I was like, first of all, you're not going to tell me what I'm going to do. If I choose to practice, I'll choose to practice. And I know that we're in Philly and the whole practice with AI thing is <laughs> relevant, but we're not going to get there. And I'm like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't know just yet. And then he was like, no, you're going to practice. So now you're getting, you're getting that fire a little bit too close to me now. So I'm like, let me tell you something. If I'm a practice, I'll play with the, I'll come off the bench. Like, I'll play with this, the second group if I want to, as long as I'm out there in practice. Boom. This person goes, no, you're going to play with the starters. Oh, there you go. You the got me now. No, I won't. I'm playing with third stringers. Now what? And so now, you know, and I'm telling him, I'm like, I don't think it's a good idea to do it because I know whenever I go in there, I'm trying to basically just prove a point. But 
You were on one. I was on one. You were on one. I, I was on one. <laughs> yeah. All because yeah. he lit the he lit the match. Yeah, okay. I, I would have been cool otherwise. So we go into the the practice, right? And I'm telling um Tizzle, like, I just want to hoop. Like, I just want to get up and down and see if I can go. And now uh, we start doing some drills. And at the end, we start, we start hooping. Now, that's when all of the stuff goes on. We play, we win, and um, I'm yapping, I'm yapping, I'm yapping. Always talk anyways. If you can't tell, I'm always talking, talking about how somebody can't guard me or nobody can beat me. One, I do that. That's what I do. This time it was just a little bit different because of whose team I was on and I ain't been around. So it was just like taking up a notch and it didn't help who was watching, who was watching and like, you know, ownership, management, right. all of that good stuff. But the, the thing that people overlook is the fact that Nobody would know what went on in practice if somebody didn't go say word for word what I said. Like, who does that? That's like us practicing right now. And then as soon as we get over to practice, you walk over and be like, man, uh, Jimmy told Coach a, a joke today. And it started with knock, knock. It's just like, like, why would you go tell word for word what was said and what happened? When, it, when, have, you, when have you seen that? To win somebody, but even ideally, more than that, ideally, JJ, things should be kept internal. I agree. I agree. Even more than that, why would you say he beat you with the third stringers? That's the I, I wouldn't even say that. That that was the part that got me. It was like, man, I'm not, I'm not going and saying that. So then I had the interview set up three weeks ago for that night. Now when it broke, Rach was like, you know, we got to talk about this yeah. now, and I was yeah. like. Man, here we go. And as the interview is going on, more and more stuff is coming out. Like, boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. And, I mean, it wasn't meant to get all the way out like that. It just it just happened. And as you and I know, you know, these type of things, as they're happening in real time, NBA Twitter just oh, eats it up. Crazy. They just if eat Woj it up. Woj says it, it happened. That's the part <laughs> that pisses me off. It's just like, Woj, Woj. I was like, man. I would, have liked, I would have liked to have been not necessarily on the court with you that day. But just in that gym, like what the was it uncomfortable or was it just people like, oh no, it's just Jimmy being Jimmy? Or like what what the way it was sort of recited in the media, it it seemed like it would be it would be a little it's a little sweaty, a little balmy in there, a little a little uncomfortable. Yeah. This is competing. Okay. If if, if if you love to compete, you would have you would have thrived in the environment. Okay. Like seriously, it's like we're going to beat this individual, you know, and I don't think anybody said that individual. It might have been a, a what's a, a synonym that means something else for individual to point yeah. towards me. Like everybody wanted yeah. to beat me to show. Yeah. But that the crazy part is the most interesting detail wasn't told. And I I won't even tell you what it is till afterwards. <laughs> but the most interesting detail wasn't told. You can't do that. I can't. Not on the ringer, man. What is the most interesting detail? Come on. The most interesting detail of that whole scrimmage that nobody knows. I only shot the ball once. Really? I only shot the ball one time. I only shot the ball once. But every quote coming out of there is like Jimmy was getting buckets and he was dominating. I was dominating. I only <laughs> shot the ball once. Dimes. Boom, boom, boom. Steals. Blocks. I only shot the ball one time. It's interesting. Actually, it's very interesting. All of this, let's let's kind of go back up to 30,000 feet for a second. Do you, do you feel like you have, good or bad, a reputation? I hope so. But I'm saying like based upon 
sort of the last, your last, whatever, let's call it six weeks in Minnesota, mm-hmm. maybe part of your last season in Chicago, do you feel like there, there is like, I don't want to say, stigma is a bad word, but do you feel like there's like a reputation that is attached to you now because of that? I hope so. You do? I hope so. And what, is, and what would that reputation be? That he just wants to win at all costs. I don't give a damn. Can you say the F word? Yeah, you can say whatever word. Perfect. Well, you can't. There's a couple words you can't say, okay. but the F word, yes, you could say. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, what anybody thinks about me. All I want to do is win. That's okay. it. And I feel like if you're not doing everything in your power to help the team win, I'm going to have a problem with whoever it may be. It doesn't matter. I'm going to have a problem, and I'm going to voice it over and over and over again to you, to coach, to whoever it may be. Like, I'm not scared of confrontation. I like confrontation. I thrive in confrontation because I'm the type that when you challenge me, I'm going to show you like, oh, you want to challenge me? I'm going to show you that I can do it. Not everybody's like that. Not everybody's cut like that, especially this new age NBA, which it's okay. But I'm not going to change who I am just because you don't like it. Where would that put me? Like, I got here because of who I am. Hang tight, Jimmy. We're going to take a quick break. All right. Thanks to two years of research and development and multiple improvements in design, performance, and comfort, Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. With an arch support system that provides extra support where you need it most and a cushioned footbed that's reinforced for comfort without added bulkiness, Bombas feel like a hug around your foot. Not to mention Bombas Stay Up technology ensures that your socks stay in place without leaving a mark. I got to say that's one of my pet peeves about wearing socks that aren't Bombas. And the super soft cotton material makes you never want to take them off. So whether you are a runner, power walker, or power lounger, there's a pair of Bombas that'll add comfort to your life. I love my Bomba socks. I'm actually wearing them home right now. Um, and I got to say, they, they feel like my feet are just getting a permanent massage. All right, here's the call to action. Go to bombas.com slash Reddick and use the code Reddick, R-E-D-I-C-K, for 20% off your first order. That's bombas.com slash Reddick, code Reddick, R-E-D-I-C-K, and you'll get 20% off your first order. And now back to my conversation with Jimmy Butler. So, so I mean, I think I can answer this myself, but to get your respect, what is required? You just got to work. You just got to work. You got to go hard every single day. When you step out on them lines, you have to do everything in your power to help your team win. It's not about stats. It's not about none of that. It is, it is about winning. Now, everybody says, hey, what happened to the humble kid? From 2011 and yada, 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 he's changed. Damn right I've changed. You have too. These mics have changed. These were not the mics that we were using in 2011. So we're not going to sit here and say that you don't change. I hate it when people say that. But let me tell you something. I, I actually, I, I would be offended at myself if I had not changed a little bit in exactly. some way. In 2011, guess how many, just take a wild guess at how many points I average. Just guess. In, in, uh, in 2011. Was that your rookie year? Rookie year. Just guess 2011, 2012, 20, guess one. Um, six. That's way, like, you, you're tripping. You thought I was a decent player. <laughs> way off. Let's say two years ago. Just take a guess how many points, points? average. Just guess. Uh, t- 22. Oh, do you think six was going to win or lose a game? Even though it wasn't six, it was way less. Do you think six was going to win us or lose us a game? 
back in 2011 when we had MVP Rose, we had All-Star Lou, All-Star Joe Kim. Do you think my points was going to win or lose this a game? No. What about two years ago? Do you think my 22 points would win or lose this a game? Yeah. Yeah. So I really cared about how I played because I wanted my team to win. So I need you to do everything in your power to help me win. So I'm going to be more of an asshole. I'm going to be more vocal because I have more of an opinion. You know what I mean? If I was, if I, in 2011, I was stood up, hey, D-Rose, you're not playing hard enough. It, boy, if you don't sit your dumb ass down, that's exactly what he probably would have told me. But now I'm at a point in my career where it's just like, I'm here and I started from down here, but now I've, I've made it somewhat towards the top that my opinion and the way that I go about it and how I expect you to do it is going to help me win. It's going to help us win. It's going to help us be great. So yeah, I've changed and the way that I look at things have changed. I haven't as a person changed. I always had the same drive. I always worked this hard. It's just I got an opportunity. I, I thrive in that. And now, because I say something that somebody doesn't like, it's like, oh, he changed since 2011. Yeah, you're probably right about that one. That was actually a pretty good rant. I like that. Thank you. So, but the, 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 You're right, though. I think there's, when you have credibility based upon your work and credibility based upon your product or result, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, you should have a little more wiggle room in terms of what you can say and how you can implore your teammates or whatever that is. I actually like, I was going to ask you if the reputation was fair or unfair, but you actually kind of answer it in a different way than I even thought about in that the reputation is actually a positive. Yeah, it is. And it's not a negative. It's not. It's not. It's a great way to look at it. I'm, I'm telling you. It's no, I, 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 it's, it's fantastic. Like, look at me in practice and, and in the game now. Like, yeah. I've always been that way. I've always been that way. But because you go about it the same way that I go about it, we see eye to eye. You, you've told me on the court, and it may not be in the nicest way possible, yo, you can't curl into the paint right there. I'm going that way. And I'd be like, damn, you're right, man. That's not how we do stuff here. And then after the game, you'll be like, that's yeah. what I mean by that, yada, yeah. yada, yada. I don't need you to be like, hey, Jimmy, please don't curl into the paint <laughs> in front of 20,000 and I can barely hear. I'm be like, JJ, what? Like, yeah. I don't take it personal because I know where your heart is and you want to win. Like, I want to win. I'm like, man, you're right. Yeah. Come on, let's get back to work. Let's you know, it's funny. Before we were teammates and, you know, so there was like that four or five days where it was like, we traded for you, hadn't even seen you yet. We played a couple games, saw you in Orlando, then you played in Orlando. Like I actually thought of like Chris CP mm-hmm. because in a lot of ways y'all are very different people, but him and I would go at each other in games, and it was always fine because we knew yeah. exactly what we were both about, right? So it was like, well, I know where his intention is, and I, he knows where my intention is, and it's we're trying to win a game, we're trying to figure things out. So it's not necessarily like I would never take anything he said to me personally. Personal. That's what it is. You're just like it's like keep it moving, say less. I'm telling you, say less. You, <laughs> say you already less. know I get down. Say less. Say no more. And I think whenever you have that, JJ, that's what's going to take you over the top as a team when you don't take things personal. And if you do something wrong, that they can tell you, that they can get on you about it, and then at the same time help you and show you why you should do it this way or or what you see. Um, whenever you do it, I think that is what makes a team grow. And, you know, everybody don't want that. No, and I think that's part of 
sort of the emotional intelligence component of being a leader is figuring out which guys can handle that. That's so hard for me. And which guys can't. That's so hard for me. And can I can I tell you why it's hard for me especially? Go ahead. Because in a game, when if you if I go talk to you in the in the weight room over there on an off day. I'm with you with that. It's I so the, easy. I say the same but in thing. the in the game, I'm so emotional. It's it, sometimes things just happen We're instinctually. Together. We're together, on and that. it's it's tough. And then you think about it yeah. after the fact, and you're like, "Man, I, I handled that the wrong way with that guy. Yes. Now yes. I got to go yes. clean this up." But it's, it's like it happens so fast. It's like I just got to need to say what I need to say in ten seconds, but I need him to know what <laughs> I'm saying is that important. So you may add an extra word, and you may body body language, yeah. tone, all that stuff. All it's that. it's hard to control that. In the moment, it is when, when you're competing and you're yeah, adrenaline. Oh man, I, I get it. Trust, I've I've been there more than than anybody, and I'm not saying that it was wrong. I'm not saying it was right, but I promise you, my heart is pure, and my intentions at at the time that I was doing it was was great. It, even afterwards, I was like, I know what I was trying to get across, but man, we was we was playing. I was going up against whoever it was, and I just I was riled up. I was, mm, but. You know, that's that's part of it. But here, everybody knows, like, you, you say what you have to say, yeah. use your point across, and, and we fix it. One of my favorite parts of, of your story is uh, the summer between your your third year in the NBA and your fourth year in the NBA. Uh, so you were sort of coming into restricted free agency. Yeah. And sort of the legend has it is that you and, and your boys rented a house, I assume. Houston, Texas. And... Uh, didn't have Wi-Fi, didn't have cable. No. Did you have air conditioning? Yeah, we did. <laughs> okay. It's hot in Texas, man. You <laughs> yeah. sweat as soon as you yeah. start outside. But yeah. And and, and it was basically as as I've been as I've read it and as you've kind of briefly told me, it was like you'd go to the gym, then you'd go home all summer, and then when you got bored, you go back to the gym. Back and that was gym. your life for that summer. For the summer. And then the transformation as as a player. Did you know, by the way, you're th- I looked this up today on Basketball Reference, your third year in the NBA, you shot 28% from three and 39% from the field. And then the following year, you were an all-star. Terrible. You were an all-star. And you're basically going to be an all-star this year. You'd be in your fifth straight all-star game. I, I fell in love. What happened? That su- I, like Something happened that summer. I fell in love with the craft of basketball and, and getting better. Like I, I saw it. I saw it. Like, I was like, we would go hoop. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm scoring on these dudes with ease, no matter who it was. And it was like, that was when the confidence started to rise. Like, man, maybe you do belong in the NBA. Maybe you do belong as a starter. Maybe you do belong on the all-star team. And then, I mean, I just did the same thing every single summer, except for without the, we had cable, we had internet, <laughs> we had that stuff. We just tweaked a little bit. So we would go a little bit earlier. So we would throw in yoga. So we would throw in some beach workouts. It's like, man, my summers are, are great because I go on vacation a lot. But even when I go on vacation a lot, I take my team, my trainers, my everybody right. with me. And we train even on vacation. We wake up at four, at five, whatever time it is and train. So then we got all day to do what we want to do and, and enjoy ourselves. But no matter where we're going, we're going to work. And my number one rule around my guys, if I'm working, y'all going to be in there too. I don't know what y'all going to be doing. Y'all can 
sit there, but you can't go to sleep. You can read. You can rebound. Y'all can play one-on-one on the other end. But if I'm working, you're there too, because it's only fair that since you get to live the life that I live on vacation and all that good stuff, you're going to be up. You're going to be in the gym. You're going to be in the weight room. You're going to be at yoga. You're going to be on the beach. You're going to do everything I do, and we all going to reap the benefits of it. My brother-in-law, who happens to also be my best friend, rebounded for me while we were on a trip this summer, mm-hmm. and it will never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope that your boys know how to pass a fucking basketball because oh <laughs> this guy— Armando. Like I had low yes. expectations when it coming in and he somehow was felt way, way worse. way worse than what I expected. Armando can't pass the save. And I love Armando, yeah. and he, but he's a, he's a baseball guy. Okay. He so, can't pass to save his life. Going back to, to this sort of transformation, it was reported and I, I might have my numbers off, but it was reported that prior to the fourth year starting, um, you know, you can sort of negotiate with your own team to avoid restrict, restricted free agency and they can offer you an extension. And it was reported, I, I want to say, like that the Bulls kind of offered somewhere in the neighborhood of like four for 48 or four for, four for 44. Four for 44. So, given your background, you know, lightly recruited guy, you went to JUCO, had to go to Marquette, you know, I think you were like, were, you, you were like honorable mention. All Big East is no, a senior. You didn't have to do that. No, but hold. This is crazy. You didn't, you didn't no, hold have on. To do that. This, is, but this is this is fascinating to me. So you're you're so, so you're like, saying I was bad. No, JJ, I, you didn't well, you know. Honorable mention. No, what? No, I was all American. Oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> no, but no. My point is not. That's not my point. My point is Come is on. never to brag about my Duke career. It's it's a, it's a very bygone thing. All right. <laughs> my point is like to that point in your career. There, there, there really had been no sort of, I want to say like taste of like real success. Four years and 44 million at that time in your career. Mm-hmm. That's a big number. That's a big number. And I understand, I understand the whole notion of like betting on yourself, but there's been a lot of guys that have turned down similar numbers. I can think of one right now who turned down a similar number who's playing in China right now. Mm-hmm. You know, who never, he, he got a minimum the following year and is now in China. And so there's a huge risk there. How, how did you make that decision to turn that down? JJ, I'm telling you, that summer when I would go hoop, a lot of, a lot of guys in the league, they're in Houston. They're in LA. So when I would go out there and hoop, and I would see like, man, if I just get the opportunity, I'm going to be nice. I just need the opportunity to showcase my skills. And um, I knew that I had been working on my game all summer long. So whenever I hit, when they was telling me that day, I was like, no way. Like, I know what I'm about to do. And what, you can call it gambling and betting on yourself. Yeah, that's what I was doing. But I was like, to me, in the most humble way possible, that wasn't even a, a bet. That wasn't a, that was like a damn near guarantee. I saw myself put in that work every single day. And that summer, I could tell you nobody was in the gym more than I was. Nobody. Not even close. You think I'm joking when I say I would get bored and go to the gym? I would get bored and go to the gym. I don't know. Like We would work on ball handling for an hour. We would shoot for multiple hours, pick and roll. I did it all, all day, every day. And then we would go to sleep and wake up and do the same thing again the next day. 
I was like, man, I know what I'm about to do this year. I know what I'm about to do, and I did it. Remind me, that season with the Bulls, was there something personnel-wise that changed? Why, why did you end up, other than improvement, obviously, but like, why did you end up getting to have a larger role? Because, I mean, you're... Um, D. Rose was, was out a lot. Okay. So that's basically what it was. Um, it was, he was in and out with, with injury. And then eventually it was kind of like, you know what? You're, you're playing both ends of the floor. You're playing defense ex- extremely well. And, you know, Tiz is a defensive guy. He was like, man, we got to leave him out there for defense. And then he was just like, here, go to ball. Go put it in the basket. Go get to the free throw line. And that's that's what it was, man. That's what it I was. remember thinking at the, at the time, like, what the fuck happened to this dude? <laughs> Like, yeah. it, was, it was different because your first couple of years, like you would guard me some and I would, I would always guard you because mm-hmm. they didn't want me on Luol or they didn't want me on D. Rose. And then that year happened and they were like, oh, no, no, JJ, you're not, <laughs> you're not guarding Jim anymore. You're not no, guarding Jim anymore. It's funny. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because I was telling it to like Donovan Mitchell and I mean, he knows this is past summer. I was telling it to a lot of young guys. It was like, you're not sneaking up on nobody no more. Like you're on the scouting report. They're going to scout to try difference. to stop you. Yeah. There's a there's a huge difference. Yeah. That's what the difference was for me. It was like, man, they actually like locking in to me now after like 20 games. It's like, no, this kid can play a little bit. So I had to start thinking, like, yo, now I'm I was started to begin like how I am now. I gotta pick my spots on the floor. Oh, I know whenever I get here, I'm gonna be able to do this, yeah. especially against a bigger defender or a smaller defender. Um but that that's when I started to to learn a lot more, you know, taking care of your body a lot more, um, picking your spots, watching a lot more film, um, knowing where they're helping from, how to get past that help, who's going to be open in what situation, man. And I'm telling you, I just, to this day, I, I still really, really enjoy watching film only because I find something different every time. I find something different every time. If I miss you for an open three, you'll never believe it, but you'd be like, ah. And you're you're a great teammate, but I know he was like, ah, I gotta have his ball. So that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. Like when coach showed me the um the thing today on film, he was like, You see Wilson over there in the corner? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I gotta I gotta hit Will. Will yeah. make that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it goes back to my point. If I can keep everybody happy out there on a basketball floor, we're going to win at a higher rate and it's gonna be easier to do it. That's what I look for more than anything in film now. It's like, okay. I hit a tough step back shot. I do that. Right. But who was open? Like, oh, Ben's man committed to me. I got to dump that to Ben underneath the basket for an easy dunk. Even though I made the shot, it's like, okay, now we playing uh, Detroit. I know his man going to help. Boom, hit him. Dunk. Ben, all right, let's go. Ben, I just got your easy one. Yo, let's let's lock up. You know, that's that's how I think the game yeah. now. I think that's the sort of the, the last progression of greatness for an NBA player. Like is just the ability to make all those decisions in real time at such a high speed. Like, thinking the game, to me, I've talked about this a a ton on my podcast, but, like, thinking the game, the mental side of it, is really, to me, the separator in pro sports. Absolutely. It definitely is, man. It's it's hard to do. A lot's going on. A lot's going on. And and, in your personal life out there, you know, fans are yapping, and you got to figure it out. I know you said now this like this confidence of like okay I have the skill set third to fourth year you make the jump but there's like something else like inside of you there's like something else that's driving you and it's just different 
And uh, even going back in some of my research, like people were talking about this like in 2010, 2011, like before you blew up. And I'm like curious, like you're at Tyler Community College Mm -hmm. or Junior College, whatever the fuck it's called. Tyler Junior College. Junior College. (laughs) And uh, or your your sophomore year at Marquette, you know, you're playing behind Wes Matthews and and uh, and Lazar Hayward. Like, are you thinking to yourself, like, oh man, I just need a chance, and I'm going to be a superstar in the NBA? Like, I didn't love basketball then. I wasn't. I wasn't you in college. I wasn't. I was uh, literally Buzz told me when you get in the game and you get the offensive rebound, you do not shoot it. You throw it to one of the good players. That's literally what Buzz. So that's what I did. Throw it to one of the good players. <laughs> Jarrell McNeil, Dominique James, Wesley Matthews, or Zar Hayward. Throw it to one of the good players. And I was like, all right, that was my role. When I got the ball, if I turned and saw the rim and it was wide open, I'm throwing it. No, I'm not going to do it. Buzz told me to throw it to the good players. That's that's when my job. I was never the best player on my team in Ju- in high school. I was in JUCO. I wasn't. We had a guy named Joe Foles who ended up going to Marquette with me. Every year in Marquette, I wasn't. My first couple of years on the Bulls, uh, I wasn't. And then I would say, arguably, I was. Um, but that's that's such an inverted story for yeah. most NBA players. Most NBA guys are the best player on the team. Basically, through college, yeah. through high school, I'm, rec I'm league, AAU. Yeah. You didn't even play AAU. Nope. It's, it's, it's a remarkable story. This, this whole conversation is going to come full circle. Um, you mentioned things you do spend money on. Yeah. Obviously, not minivans. But no. what, uh, what, what are some of the things that you, you deem, I don't want to say a necessity of life, but just uh, a worthy use of discretionary income? Vacation. Okay. A lot, a lot on vacation. We, we live life. I grew up in a small town. I didn't know where half the countries are or cities uh, were that I visited in the last couple of years. But um, I think we work hard enough. I, when I say we, I say myself, uh, my brothers, my whole team that I have around me to be able to to have fun in the off season, man. You know, we're all smiling, uh, taking pictures because none of us were supposed to be there. Vacation's for sure one of them. Wine is a high second. Let's just get that out the way now. Wine is a is a close second, um, which that's probably what I'm going to get into after my career. I don't know how just yet, but I'm going to do something with wine. And then um, this past summer, I started into some some watches and stuff like that, which is another dangerous one. Oh, it's dangerous. the most dangerous yeah, one, dangerous. believe me. And um, that's it for right now. I got to get you into uh, into red burgundies because I don't know if I, I don't know if I can drink that super Tuscan shit you drink. What? That's <laughs> the kind. That's the one. No, it's not for me. It's the it's the world's best wine. It's not for me. And I got to visit it this summer too. Okay. Oh, I'm sure that was amazing. What? Man. All right, we'll get you on red burgundy, uh, Jimmy. Thank you for the time, man. Um, obviously, I'll see you tomorrow. I appreciate you, boy. All right, dog. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the JJ Reddick podcast. It was awesome to have uh, my new teammate, Jimmy Butler, on the podcast. Uh, I love that uh, the conversation that we had. Um, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back with another episode soon. Uh, the next episode, I believe, will be uh, David Solomon, uh, the CEO of Goldman Sachs. 
and uh, we'll have a mailbag pod as well at some point uh, right around the holidays. Uh, Look forward to talking with you guys soon. Later.